What's up, everybody? This is Iron Mike Stedman. And as always, I want to thank you for tuning into my show, Dog Whistle Branded. You all are in for a treat today as I chop it up with the pipe smoking panda himself and fellow Marine veteran, Joey Magdazon, founder of the Mobile Cigar Lounge, a badass veteran-owned business that provides a luxurious mobile cigar experience for weddings, private parties, and local festivals. And just to be clear, I don't use the term badass loosely. Joey and I have come up through the veteran entrepreneurial ecosystem together, and I've had the privilege of having a front row seat as he's taken the mobile cigar lounge from idea to invoice. Now Joey and his team are kicking ass and taking names, generating over six figures a month in revenue with no end in sight. It's been a real honor to see his growth in such a short amount of time, and I invited him on the show to debrief his journey thus far. We talk about how he came up with the idea for the Mobile Cigar Lounge, what caused him to pivot from focusing on festivals to weddings, and how he's thinking about expanding the brand. Joey keeps it real on today's show and drops a ton of value, so make sure you're paying attention. So without further ado, Gunny, get them ready. Yo, saddle up, lock and load. Welcome to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride, where we provide weekly tack planning on marketing, brand strategy, and category design for early and growth stage veteran-owned small businesses to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, a Marine Corps veteran, godfather of Dog Whistle Branding, and CEO of Ironbound Media, a podcast production agency that helps veteran-owned businesses create, distribute, and grow branded podcasts in order to engage with your ideal audience. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB and our work at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Saddle up, lock and load. Joey, welcome to Dog Whistle Brand. I'm Mike Stedman. Thank you, brother, for having it on. Always, always, you know, always want to support and thank you for supporting our business. So appreciate you. Me and Joey are fellow Marines, devil dogs. Both of us kind of got started on this entrepreneurial journey around the same time. I was starting out with uh, Ironbound Boxing. You were still in the early phases of the Mobile Cigar Lounge. And Joey is on his third month full-time, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, third full month, self-employed. Let's go. How's, the, how's <laughs> it feel? Feels great, man. You know, uh, it's like I, I continually learn new things, and that makes more money. <laughs> so yeah. it's I've always been competitive. I've always liked the thrill of just winning. So, you know, we've had some wins and losses, but it's always great uh, being self-employed and just doing your own business, doing your own thing. What was the turning point where you're like, I'm going to do this full time? Um, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, so when we were at Tory's um, back with Flag Brewing, um, like I pulled you aside and I was like, Mike, how do you do this? How did you do this? And I just asked a lot of questions because I knew that we were on to something big. And so I'm the type of uh, guy, type of Marine where I get this goal and I work backwards. So Mike, I asked you a couple of questions. What do you do? How do you prep yourself? How do you know the attitude? 
the mind shift, all of that things. So that was the first pinnacle point of my life where it's happened. And this what took a year, maybe, let's say, Mike, a year and a half. Yeah. Some change. Because, you know, we had to go through COVID 2021. And then that just really, I put my plan together, had to do some things, kept my full-time job. And then April 1st, I was done with it. You just kind of figure it out. But there's a smart way to do it and make sure you got revenue coming in beforehand. Not like me. I just jumped out the airplane with no parachute. But again, <laughs> like at a certain point, if you are an intelligent individual, you can read, you can write, you're committed to figuring it out, not having an ego and saying, hey, there might not be a market here. I might need to pivot to something else. And if you have that mindset, you, know, you'll, you will be okay. But I do recommend people make sure they got revenue going. But again, I learned things the hard way. But here we are, you know, and one of the things that I am interested for you, why I want to have you on the show is you're one of the entrepreneurs I've seen literally go from zero to one. You know, mm. you were at the pitch competition at uh, Keene University. You presented yeah. the Mobile Cigar Lounge. You won like first place, got all this pro bono work and all this other yeah. stuff. And then next thing you know, you guys are off to the races. And so take us back. Right. Talk to our listeners. One about. How did you know there was a market opportunity for this business? And two, what did it actually take to go from zero to one? No, thank you, Mike. You know, that, you saying that just made me relax. That was back in 2018. I think we we're a couple months in business. So a lot of things that we did was doing a lot of research, right? Making sure that I put my business plan together, make sure I have my financial plan, my marketing plan. Even if there's, it was very minimal, it was still there. Right, we had our goals, our dreams, our aspirations, and we wanted to make sure that whatever we were going towards, that we were figuring out that plan, that pathway. Right. So when we first started off, it was just like, "Hey, this is an awesome." You know, me and my business partners, we, we loved enjoying cigars. It was a great passion of ours. You know, I smoked in the Marine Corps, and that was that built that camaraderie. And so when I decided to create this into a business. I put a lot of, you know, I did a lot of research. I put, a, I did a lot of programs in terms of uh, finding out how to do a business plan, a financial plan, and all that stuff. But that really helped, right? Uh, because if I don't have that plan, it's it's going to be really hard. I'm I'm looking for more success rates when you have a plan put together. That was my my brain behind it, behind it all. But for me, right here's the thing, though. I know a lot of business owners that spend a lot of time. And business planning mode, research, and all the other stuff, and they still haven't had the level of success yeah. you've had, which is why I want to kind of go even deeper because here's a couple of things yeah. I know. One, I've been saying market is everything. If there's no market for what right. you're offering, you will fail. You can be fucking uh, Mark Zuckerberg and you will still suck if there's no market for what you're offering. Absolutely. You yeah. built a business in a market with a strong demand, right? You Correct. built your uh, cigar business off the back of this like wedding industry where people are already spending a lot of money, all this other stuff. So like, yeah, you do the market research and all the other stuff, but like talk to us about like getting that first client and getting paid and being like, all right, I think. Man. So 2018, 2019, right. Our our first business model was pretty much go to these um, cigar festivals, go to these food truck festivals and sell cigars. As much as it was great, like, right, this is raw and raw and everything. Like, we were making, like, very, very little revenue, right? I think our first year, first real year in 2019, we did around 20, no, 
65,000, right? But we only did six, maybe like 12 to 16 weddings, right? But then we did like over close to like 200 events. So I took a business course from Damon John. He did it for free for veterans on Veterans Day. And the biggest thing that he said was exactly what you said, Mike, uh, there's no market. So identifying our, our market and who our profile is and essentially what's making us the most money, right? Uh, I'll go to food truck festivals and I would sell maybe like one or two cigars. And, you know, the, I remember the first time I got a cigar was at the fire, fire festival. That's where I met Tori's company, um, the Firewatch Festival. And uh, I got my first $10 bill. That was awesome because it's like, we're a real business. Then you start doing it more and more. And you're like, okay, I want to create a business. I don't want to go to this place and only sell two to five cigars. So I took the average of festivals and the average of, of um, weddings. And we've made more per hour for weddings. So I was like, in 2020, we decided to just solely focus on weddings because that was that market. So basically, we just stumbled upon it. We're just like, wow, this is such an untapped market. Let's continue to dig deep. So we did like 14, 15 weddings in 2019. This, this year alone, we have close to 400 weddings already booked. Last, last month, we had 400 weddings total. So we're already killing this month. It's just June already. So we're probably going to double our numbers. So exactly, that's it. It's just finding the right market. And just here's the thing too, Mike, where people just spend too much time in research. And sometimes you know, they spend too much time in research and not that much time on action. Right? We took action immediately. We, we made the plan. We made the move. All right, let's go do it. Whether it fails or doesn't fail, we learned something from it. And we want to continue moving forward, forward, and forward. So that's what we kept doing. We just kept pushing every single time. How can we get better? How can we improve? How can we create more revenue? That was our biggest thing. Because if no one, a lot of business owners, you know, revenue is going to be, it's going to be the most important thing that you have going inside. If you have no money coming in, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. So that's what we solely focused on. Especially for early stage founders, bootstrap. Absolutely. Right? You got to have that revenue. You got some wins on the board. But did y'all yeah. hear what he said? Like, this is interesting, Joey, because I thought when you were doing the mobile cigar bar, mobile cigar lounge, I don't know why I keep calling it mobile, mobile cigar bar. You're right. <laughs> um, you were going after weddings right off the bat. I didn't realize that you were doing the festivals and the, all of this stuff. So it sounds yeah. like you stumbled on that perfect customer. And here's yeah. why my hesitancy against business planning because you're doing it without feedback from the market. You're not talking to Correct. customers. Everything is an assumption. And I always Correct. say business is a contact sport. You got to get out yep. there and start sparring. You start selling. Now you have this data to look at and you're like, okay, yep. who is our most profitable customer? Boom. Exactly. And then you say, of those most profitable ones, who do we enjoy working with the most? And then you say, boom. And then you narrow it down. And so, like, you can do all the planning, take all the courses, all the other stuff. But until you got money in the bank account and you're looking and you're like, OK, we need to make a decision. Boom, we're off to the races. Now, here's another question I want to ask you. Right. I've come to find out as tough as we like to say we are as veterans, we're fearless, you know, courageous, all this other stuff. We are fucking terrified to niche down. Right. And every book tells you, niche down, find a market, dominate your category, da-da-da, right? But niching down, all the veterans are like, oh, I'm scared, da-da-da. What was it like for you to have the courage to niche down? And what, what was the buy-in like from your team? 
you know what, bro? Um, I remember when we niched down back in 20, end of 2020, uh, end of 2019, I went up to my partners. We had a partner meeting and we're like, let's really narrow down our market. Right. And they were like, why are we doing this? I'm like, trust me, this, I learned this from Damon John. I'll, I'll, I'll go back into that. Uh, you know, I was like, okay, who's our client? What does she look like? Uh, what, how much do they spend? You know, what's kind of like their whole like environment look like? And, and that's when it really hit. And the reason why, so we did say, you know, whatever, 16 weddings in 2019, even though we had COVID, we did over a hundred weddings over during COVID. And then we, we've changed our business model completely. So you're exactly right. The business model is there, but I think it should always be flexible. Right, especially as a competitive point, is it work? Okay, it doesn't work. Okay, let's move, shift, let's move. I think as a first-time business owner, you have to be always flexible in terms of what what you're looking to do, and also being flexible and having those goals to, and those strategies to get there to that goal. So yeah, exactly. That's it. It was in 2020, sitting down, smoking cigars, having having some scotch. Okay, let's niche down because as much as we want to be everybody's, everybody's, we just want to be niche and really bring out that value proposition about our company. All right. I'm put you on the spot here because I've been big on category. I haven't done my episode on category design yet. Maybe it will come out before I release this one, but your company is the mobile cigar lounge. What do you think your category is? I love this. So even though we're in the cigar industry, I'm mostly in the wedding and entertainment industry. So that's my category. All right. So there's, there's a mix of hospitality in there too. All right. So for category design, right? So if you say, oh, I'm in the hospitality industry, then you're positioning yourself against some of the bigger players, right? Um, and a lot of times, right, I did this whole episode on positioning where you have the option. You can compete with the number one spot. You can modify an existing category. So niche down. So we're hospitality industry for, you know, New Jersey-based businesses or something. Or you create an entirely new category altogether. I think you are creating something new altogether, right? Um, I think it's something around the experience, right? Hospitality experience or something, you know, that you can own. So that's very interesting, Mike, because I've been trying to study that too. So right now my competition is not other cigar businesses. It's actually like if we take our business where we bring the cigar experience to weddings and private parties, it's actually fireworks, food trucks, um, you know, you can having those, those painters that draw, we're competing with how much money a budget that a client has for their wedding or for their event. So in the beginning I was, I was, you know, I was like, okay, let me compete with these cigar industries that are my competitors who are also my friends. Uh, so just compete with them. But that's our realized They're not my competition. My competition is I want to make your last two hours live. You know, I want to make sure that I want to get, I want your, your, your two hours at your wedding. I want to be there. I want to let that cigar. Right. So that's our mentality when we talk to our clients, because the reason why is we're not competing with other cigars, but we're competing for those last two hours. We're competing with the DJ, the photographer, the videographer. We're competing with, um, the fireworks, you know, the, the last, you know, the after hours. That's what we're competing with. I need you to write that down and put some on that, that competing for the last two hours. You know, make your last two hours memorable or something along those lines, right? Because hear me out, right? See, people think like, 
there's this whole industry where people are pushing back against category design. But when you see it, it's like, what are the options, right? Are you going to compete on price and be the cheaper version, you know, and work harder? Or are you going to create your own niche, specialize, charge premium, and be the king, educate people about it and all that other stuff? And one of the things that's interesting, Joy, about what you just said is like, you're also now positioning yourself for category expansion. So like, I got this great business idea. We're going to go to market. Boom. We're going to focus on, you know, providing a world-class cigar experience, right? To own the last two hours of the wedding. Then guess what happens? People are going to come to you and they say, what else can you guys do? You know, my daughter has a wedding coming up. Um, we like cigars. Can you guys bring brandy? You know what I mean? There's all these yep. other things because you start listening to what's called your super consumers. These are the people, your perfect customers. They love you. Tell everyone how amazing you are. They're a pleasure to work with. And they're like, we want to spend more money with you guys, right? What else can we do together? And then you say, you know what? Maybe we have a wine tasting with our cigars or bourbon with our cigars and stuff, et cetera. You price that up. And now you're beyond that initial kind of category that you had and you've ex expanded, right? But see, most people aren't thinking like this, right? I created the Dog Whistle Branding podcast to evangelize the category of Dog Whistle Branding for the veteran community. Right now, people might be like, what the heck is Mike doing with that dog whistle, Brandon? Then three years from now, they're like, hey, yo, Mike, I need a whistle, man. I need a whistle. <laughs> they're not converting. It's noisy out there, but it takes guts. But again, the options are, are limitless. And it's so funny that you said that, Mike, because we did expand our brand in terms of we do have, we, we trained and sent to school five whiskey ambassadors that are able to bring a scotch, whiskey, bourbon, tequila, into your private parties. Like we have one this weekend where they're doing a tequila tasting. Another one's going to be a bourbon tasting as well. So exactly that's it. We just expanded and this happened probably less than a year ago. So we've, we've listened to our clients, our super clients where, you know, I treat every client as if they were a millionaire, you know, they, they got our money and we wanted to provide them with that experience. And something that I've heard, uh, something very important from one of my mentors is price is only a myth in the absence of values. That's right. Price is only a myth at the absence of value. So uh, we charge our premium experience because we know what we bring to the table. Our reviews, our clients, our pretty much everything that we do is is a premium. And I always tell clients, hey, listen, this is your biggest day that you're going to have. Wouldn't you want the best in the industry to be there on your biggest day? Yeah. And the other thing, no? <laughs> let's be honest, weddings go wrong all the time because there's Always. just so much riding on it, the music and all that other stuff. Yeah. And then when you're smoking cigars, you're just chilling, you're relaxing. There's family members you haven't seen for years, friends flying in. Dude, I went to my buddy's wedding. I went to the cigar bar there and I was like, hey, uh, can I just buy a bunch of cigars? He sold me a pack. I think it was like the thing of the wedding. Literally. Mm. I spent Absolutely, over $100 man. on cigars just for all these people I didn't know. And we're back there, you know, the, the, uh, what is it? Is it the groomsmen? And, uh, yeah. what do you call <laughs> this? Is how y'all know I'm not married. What's the person that gets married? Uh, the, the groom. The groom. Yeah. Yeah. The groomsmen <laughs> and the groom were all back there, uh, smoking. And it was just like so relaxing and stuff. And, mm. you know, you think about our culture, right? Dude, so people love cigars, man. When you think about Correct. the personality, like older men, kind of more sophisticated, mm -hmm. catching up with buddies. You got veterans. You know we love cigars yep. there. So there's just a lot of opportunity for you and the brand, I think. Now, one of the things I want to go back to, because I think this is real insightful for our listeners, 
you've said, okay, we're doing like 400 weddings. Mm-hmm. When you started, right, did you focus regionally? So you're like, oh, we're going to dominate all these weddings here in Jersey and then expand out. Talk to us about how you facilitated these, you know, to go from zero to 400 weddings. No, I appreciate that, Mike. Yeah, really, my whole game plan was be the king in our backyard. Like, there's so many venues. There's, for example, this year, there's going to be 55,000 weddings happening this year in New Jersey alone. New Jersey is the third largest state for for weddings. Um, and the average cost is around 35000 38000 So, for me, it's like, I only got 400 out of the 55000 Right. Our game plan, you know, we have a game plan. I have it on my board at, at home. It's reached five million, like in revenue just for and you could do it all here in New Jersey, which is great. Um, so my my whole thinking was I want to be the king or back here. I want people to know our brand. Just, uh, another thing that I read was the best known will always be the best quality. Right. If I'm not in, in someone's head, um, if I'm not in someone's mind when they're like, you know, that's why we follow up. We, we want to be the kings of follow-up in our industry because we want to make sure that we are, when you're making that decision to be there, that you, you want cigars at your wedding, we want to be the first thing that you think of. So the, the biggest thing that you'll see this year, Mike, is a lot of marketing moves that we're making, whether it's some PR, whether it's some billboards, you know, getting on some, some, some magazines and stuff. That's our biggest move right now because we want to be the best known uh, out there in, this, in our industry. What? I'm just drawing a blank here because I just had it. I do so many of these damn podcasts. Um, but one of the things I was going to wonder is like, how are you, how are people finding out about you? Is it referral? Yeah. Are they coming in through the website, social media? Where's the majority of your traffic coming in? So if I could add this, Mike, um, something insightful. Ever since I started my business, I always collected data, like where people found us, where, where people where you know, what venues we're at. I collected so much data because right now the most people want is through Google, which is awesome because we cannot pay for ads. So everything has all been uh, organic. Uh, two is referrals and three is kind of your social media outlets. So people, a lot of people are finding us on Google. So if you type in Cigar Roller NJ, you know, we're one of the top ones up there. We're the top ones out there. I'll just be honest. And then if you look us up at referrals is our second one. So, a lot of venues, a lot of, a lot of, I built a lot of great relationships with venues and, and DJs and photographers. So they refer us out a lot, a lot. That could be, you know what? I'm just thinking out loud here, right? We should throw a party and you invite all these different um, vendors oh, yeah. and, and have them just smoke cigars on the house, whatever. That yep. is worth probably like a million dollars right there. Oh yeah. You know, I have, um, we have this idea because I'm building out my, my venue plan. Uh, so doing all these, if I can share this, uh, doing all these events, I've got to meet some incredible people. So one event that I did, I did a mortgage broker event and it was great. He did it large, had a lot of people there and it was awesome. It was great. It was cigar rolling. So I asked him, I was like, Hey bro, are all these people, are they like all homeowners? He goes, nah, dude, homeowners, they only buy homes every 10 to 15 years. These are all realtors. They're always buying homes. They're always selling homes. So that clicked for me. This was two years ago. That clicked for me. The average couple is going to get married hopefully once in their life. For this. The venues are having how many weddings a week Correct. times how many venues. 
So I, I really, that's like a secret sauce that I have is I've been developing an awesome, and you know, it's funny that it's funny that you said that, Mike, because uh, we are planning to do that and invite all the sales directors. Because essentially, we're not, if you study a couple's timeline, we're not your first thought. Like cigars are not your first thought. We're usually in the three to six month, right? But, you know, learning from my business courses and stuff, hey, plant that first seed. So when they go to, for example, uh, uh, we have the grand here. He has a couple, he's our cigars in the front, right? And so I was like, oh, oh those cigars? Like, yeah, you're, you want cigars at your wedding? These are the guys. Even they're not going to buy right then. It's the first seed that we get. And then we just cultivate that relationship as much as we can. So, yeah. So here's something I've been studying about brands, too. How do you become memorable, right? That's really what it is. How do you rate being like, man, I need to, you know, contact these guys. How do you stay top of mind? And I think, right, and I'm just thinking out loud here, right? There's so many people that are trying to do things from behind the internet, you know? Like they just sit in front of their computer and run ads or post on social media, send emails and think like, you know, the flywheel is going to start spinning. They're going to make money. But then there's this whole opportunity now to just like be memorable by seeing people in person, you know? Mike, Mike, brother, we're in a world where people think virtual is everything. Let me tell you, you see a person and you have one of the simplest things that you could do is to give someone a gift, a free gift. You know, you go visit a client. This could help anyway. Visit a client, bring a coffee. Have a little something. Spend two, three dollars. I, for me, I bring two sticks in a little bag with my card in it. I go see them. I say hello because when I meet, when we become preferred clients for these venues, I was telling like, hey, listen, I know we could schedule a call, but I, I want to meet you face to face Monday or Tuesday because Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday they're busy because they're getting ready for the weekend. So I book my days, Mondays and Tuesdays, meeting my clients, uh, meeting meeting these venues. I'm like, hey, I want I, you know I want to meet you in person. Oh, great, stop by. I'll be at the venue. I stop by, we chat, we have a good time, we do relatability. I think that for you to become right memorable is that experience, whether it's good or bad. That's that's a that's a great part. Whether it's good or bad, it's about being memorable. It's about the experience. So when I show up, I come in, I get him a cigar, I have a good chat. You know, I, I could tell by their age range and we could just chat, things like that, and make them laugh a little bit. I'm like, you know, listen, you know, I'm very genuine in terms of I thank you for the opportunity. Uh, this is going to be great because what I want to do is I want to build a relationship together with you. You know, I, I'm very sincere and because it's not only their name that's going to be out there, our name that's going to be there that they're referring to, but it's also will be their name on top of that because they're referring us a bit. So I, I give them a promise. I have promised that not only is the Mobile Cigar Lounge going to be there to make sure that we provide one of the greatest, not only a cigar experience, but a client experience, but also to make you guys look good as well. To make sure that what they, the that the 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 venue that they referred us, that I won't make you look good. Because guess what? When they refer us out, their clients are like, "Oh my God, thank you so much! The cigars were a hit," and that's what makes it truly an experience. So yeah, absolutely that. So it's not just a cigar experience. You know, you can read some of our reviews, clients from start to finish. The moment you touch our website, the moment you touch the Mobile Cigar Lounge. I want people to remember, you know, remember us by our experience, not only as a cigar, but also as a client. We have a whole concierge team that takes care of you, that answers your questions. Text us, call us. We're all, 
you know, we're all on our phones and stuff like that. We send video messages to y'all. So it's, yeah, we, we created that. So who are the ones that are actually booking you? Is it the couples themselves or is it like the venue that says, Hey, here's this add on. Yep. You know, we know some guys. So I would say it's like an 80, 20, like 80% would be the couples. And then 20% is going to be like the, the, uh, the venues that they're just like, you know, or the wedding planners. I don't even say the venues. Venues are like, Hey, you, you take this, you do your own thing. Right. The wedding planners are like, Hey, listen, because the client gave me their card, I'm going to be signing off for everything. Um, you could send me all the agreements and they're going to give me the, Hey, okay. So yeah, uh, I would say it would be like an 80, 20, 80% couples, 20%, um, you know, others. And are these couples finding out about you because they went to a wedding you guys were at somebody kind of told them about it. So there's like that referral component, but also you say, okay, I'm just trying to think, right. I'm trying to get ahead of a perfect customer, right? Are people literally typing in cigar roller, New Jersey, looking for a wedding. Is that the keyword yep. that you're looking for? Yep. The keywords, dominating your keywords, cigar roller, cigar bar, New Jersey, cigar roller, New Jersey. Um, yeah. People are finding us Yeah, through Google. It's the most interesting. Yeah, Mike, in front of the computer, bro, type in cigar roller NJ, see who pops up. Yeah. I'm about to right now. <laughs> we're talking about it on the spot. Let's put it on the spot. <laughs> now, did you pay somebody to help you own SEO or is it all agree? No. Nope. That's all organic, baby. That's why uh, tobacco, firearms, and alcohol. We cannot pay for for ads. But the great thing is, you could you could bust your butt, right? Oh yeah, this website, y'all got it. Y'all got it dialed in. The absolute best That's cigar good. experience. Boom. This is sick. I'm looking at his website right now, y'all. Make sure y'all check it out. Uh, the Mobile Cigar Lounge dot com. All right, now Thank one you, of the things. One of the things I'm I'm curious about, talk to us about your BHAG. Like, what's the big, hairy, audacious goal? Like, what are you guys working towards? Uh, right now, our BHAG is $5 million. You want $5 okay. million in revenue. And what yeah. is that going to allow you to do? That's going to allow us to have... So, go back to, to BHAGs, Mike, because this is something that really clicked in my head. When, you know, BHAGs are the big, hairy, audacious goals. But what I love about BHAGs, it makes you ask questions that you've never asked before. For example, we did our 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 goal this year was just to do a million dollars, just do a million. Last month, we did one hundred and three thousand dollars in revenue. Our goal this year was to do sixty six percent better than all our months last year. You tracking? Yeah. So, my sales team, our concierge team, our goal was supposed to hit ninety one thousand. I put the goal at 150,000. So at 150,000, we asked ourselves questions. How many calls do you have to make to 150,000? How many clients do you have to meet? How many emails? How many texts? It made me ask those questions because if I went with my normal thing, and this is all just from learning from you know my peers and stuff, if I went with $91,000, I would have just been $91,000. But because I pushed my team and I never lowered it, 150. We made $103,000 last month in revenue. That's $12,000 that was taken in because we asked ourselves, what's a big, hairy, audacious goal? Now, a big, hairy, audacious goal for that now is if you can make 100000 in a month, you can do it in two weeks, right? So going back to it, so hopefully that helps someone out there because it makes you think of questions 
of what's going to happen. Like, for example, $5 million, me and my team, we sat down. What does $5 million look like? Our sale, we need to have 10, sale, uh, 10 marketing people, 10 sales people. We need to have 256 field members to make sure we do all these events at once. It's going to be around like the 2,000 events to do $5 million. Because I took the average. Yeah. So I love Big Harry Audacious Goals because for me, it made me ask those questions. How do I get from A to B? Right? Yes. You bring up a good point too. So nice thing about the BHAG is if you undersell yourself, that's all you will get. Like you'll be like, oh, like you said, like, oh, I just want to make $50,000 over the next quarter. But if you want to set your BHAG at $100,000, you made 75. You get what I'm saying? You're, you just... Yeah. Extra $25,000. And it's an art too, because if you, what you also don't want to do is set this all big, this big, hairy, audacious goal and it destroys you and it kills your confidence. So you got to get some base hits first, you know, and then say, you know what, man, I think we can really get this. And like you say, you start working your way back based off the data. You're not just talking out your ass. Nope. You're saying like, yo, man, we got all this data. Shoot. I wonder if we do this here, we do this here, we can, we can make it happen. Now, you're one of the few veteran entrepreneurs in my immediate circle who I've seen go from zero to hiring salespeople. Did you ever think you would get in this point? And then also, how has it been to empower the salespeople to close the deal so that they understand the, the brand? Because I say, I say um, marketing is sales at scale. And people say, the marketing is marketing. Da, da, da. No, when you're on a sales call, right, you got to, demonstrate value, demonstrate competence, exactly. do all these things. You got to close people. Now that you're handing that off to other people, right? Talk to us about the growing pains with that. Man, bro, like that, that question, did I ever think I would have a sales team or we call them our concierge team? F no, bro. Like, you know, this was three, two, three years ago. If you ever asked me that question, my mind, right? I, th- I thank God for people like yourself in our inner circle, the business people I meet with that just grew my mind. The world is so, so abundant, right? So having a dedicated sales team, it's never, it's never, what was it? You could delegate authority, but you can never delegate responsibility, right? That was something that I learned in the Marines. Delegate authority, but never delegate responsibility. So what I'm saying is when I train my sales team, hey, listen, every morning at 9 a.m. to 9.30, we do a sales call. That's 10 minutes of overcoming objections and rereading our script and how we can deal with clients. And then the two people that I'm with, they go back and forth and they ask the same question. Hey, this is too expensive. Hey, I totally understand it's too expensive. Besides that, is there anything else? We have a whole system. We train every day because sales is like, because when people touch my website, they in their heads have made a decision that they want cigars on their website. It's up to us to provide that value, to provide that insight and why we should be there, right? On our website, the absolute, your absolute best cigar experience. That's what we want to come across as. And the growing pains, listen, well, you know, I, I tell myself, I told myself this from the start. Like, hey, listen, you guys were never in sales. You guys are like threes and fours. At least you could pick up the phone. I want to turn you guys into seven and eights overcoming objections, providing value, and closing the deals, and following up. I think following up is the, in our generation, Mike, I think people don't follow up as, as much as they used to. Follow up right now, I think follow up is fortune, follow up is king. 
uh, because in that mind, we're following up with you all the time to make sure that we have any questions and we're providing that value there. So the growing pains are training every day. Listen, bro, I was just, my, my, my salesman was here and we're, you know, we call him Little Smoke. Uh, so he was here and we're just sitting there just listening to a sales call. I told my partner, Patrick, I was like, bro, I could cry right now. It's like seeing your, seeing like a baby, like grow up, asking the right questions. Hey, why do you want a cigar bar? Tell me where do you find us? What do you think about us? What what did they say about us? Asking those, feeding the, the directing sales techniques. And bro, it was like, it was like a proud dad moment. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell yeah. people though? I was terrified at sales until I got my business yeah. coach, Bill Watkins. And sales mm-hmm. is really just about helping people. Correct. That's really Correct. all it is. But you can tell yeah. if people aren't social and they're super uncomfortable, like having conversations with people. But like, I have no problem talking to people. And, you know, obviously it's a challenge once you get to the next level because they're like, how much yeah. does it cost? And you're like, $200,000. <laughs> you got to say it in the mirror a couple of times, get your confidence up. But honestly, it literally is just about helping people. But here's one of the things I've seen, right? I, I'm going to ask you this question first before I take this point. Okay. At, were you nervous to hand off the sales? Like, at what point were you like, because, like, I, you know, you get to that point where you're like, man, like, this could be yeah. a really good client for us. Yeah. Fumbling on the one-yard line is that sales call. Yeah. Am I yeah. ready to hand this off to someone to test it out and train them up? Yeah. Or do I need to take this one myself? You know what, bro? It's, so it's a mix of both, right? If if my sales team's not asking the right questions or closing the deal, that's that's on me. Like if I didn't give them the the tools necessary to provide that value to the client, that's on me. I feel like that's on me. So I was nervous, yes, but I was also excited. Now I got three people will always beat one person. Two people could always beat one person, right? It's a numbers game, and so you know. Mike, you and I, we only have 24 hours in the day. You know, I heard one of my business coaches create time, creating time by letting people do other stuff. So, yeah, was it was it nervous? But you know what, bro? I was excited, man. Because I those two people could always beat me in doing picking up the phone and dialing the numbers and calls and emails. Now I'm working on the processes, you know, the, the, that cliche phrase. Stop working in your business, start working on your business. Right. And so I just I just want to take myself out and start working, working to make every process better and improving it every single time. So, yeah, nervous. Yeah. But also super excited. I, Bro, imagine this. You, you Imagine if you, ha- you heard my sales guy and he's talking to your clients and he goes, I closed that one. Yeah. And you weren't even there. That's that's exciting to me. Yeah. Right? I want to build a business. Now you yeah. can scale yourself out of revenue generation. You've got other people that Absolutely. can do that for you. And that's such an important component of entrepreneurship, small business. And going back to my point about you feeling comfortable, but again, it's because you had done the reps, right? You knew how to overcome yeah. the objections that people were having. You knew your yeah. brand. And I think the mistake uh, we make is that we are trying to outsource sales and do all this other stuff. You don't even know who the fuck you're talking to. You don't know your value proposition. You don't know your perfect customer. So you're trying to put the cart before the horse. You as the founder need to be able to put money in a bank account. You need to be able to close people. You need to take that knowledge and put it on paper and massage it and have a brand and be able to hand it off to other people. But if you don't have your messaging dialed in, you can't close an account. Nobody else on your team probably will be able to. 
Yeah. At least in the early days when you're trying to find your, when you're trying to validate who your perfect customer is. And, and you know what, bro? When you, when you hire this salesperson, and if you can't do it yourself and you don't know it, how the hell are they going to do it for you? They're going to ask you, hey, because I told my salesperson, how much you want to make this month? You want to make 10000 You want to make 10000 All right, sounds good. This is how you do it back. But I know how to make $10,000, right? I know, I've done all this stuff by myself for two and a half years of being on the call constantly. I was the guy. So I knew exactly the objections, how they were, how, I mean, I've been doing, reading a lot of books, you know, um, being a lot of courses. So it helps so much. And exactly what you said, Mike, hit right in the spot. If you're telling someone to do something, they're going to turn around and be like, all right, so how, what's your biggest month you ever made? Yeah. You know, that's rough. If, if, so I tell my guy, we made 100000 How much of that is yours? And I don't even give them, here's the best part, I don't even give them a, a, a freaking um, a cap. I'm like, bro, you want to make freaking 10000 15000 one month? I'm going to help you. No worries. I got you, bro. And that's, and I think that's the, the culture that we have in our sales team. We're, we're uplifting each other. We want to close it. You know, we want to, we want, man, my, my team's nasty, bro. They're, they're asking questions. They're asking the hard questions. Hey, well, you know, why, why didn't you go with us? You know, <laughs> you know what, 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 what's stopping you from moving forward today? You know, they're asking hard questions. You know what happens? Mike, not a lot of salespeople want to do that. But good thing is I took threes and fours. They're now fives and sixes, right? They're getting better. They're improving. And that's what I love about it, right? Well, Mike, remember we went to boot camp. He said some of the best shooters were people who've never shot before. Yeah, they don't have any bad habits yet. Boom. But I'm, I'm not telling this do this for everything, right? But this is my mentality because these, these are two vets in my face. But yeah, Mike, you know, uh, it's fun, bro. It's fun. And that's my mentality <laughs> too, man. I hire a lot of young talent, right? Um, Ironbound Media is their first kind of you know, job outside of college or whatever else. And they're coachable, they're trainable. They like yeah. actually give a damn, you know, they're yeah. still in the craftsman mindset of, as opposed to just like, Oh, it's just another job I got to do. Um, and I like that talent. And maybe because we're veterans, yeah. we like to lead and, yeah. you know, help. People Absolutely, out. bro. Bro. Let me tell you, those sales calls, sometimes they're not freaking, they're not great as in like, Hey, we have to wins and losses. We, we gotta be like, okay, what happened? Let's coach you. What did you do? Right? I'm coaching them because I know exactly how to do the sale, our sales process, right? I created the script. Did you say this? Did you say that? Did you say, you know, all these, did you dig deep? Did you dig deep? And exactly that is my, you know, having someone that's coachable, right? There, there's probably some bumps in the road, but someone that's coachable that wants to get better, that's hungry. Hundred percent. I'll take that person day. Well, what was the thing? I would rather have, um, where it's like I would rather have uh, a lion lead a hundred rabbits than one rabbit lead ten lions because of the uh, you know the leadership behind it, the coachability. So, one hundred percent, bro. So as you move your way up to that $5 million BHAG, right? What's the biggest challenge you guys are facing right now? What's keeping you up at night? Oh, we're just, we're just trying to make every process as simple. Like I got so excited. I know you guys can't see this, but we, we had, uh, we're opening up a Miami. We have a great relationship down there. Um, so yeah, I have to go to Miami and smoke cigars. What was me? Right. Uh, but pops who's going to be handling, he's an air force vet, retired. 
he is an Excel ninja. So we've been streamlining our processes. Our payroll used to take two to two and a half hours because we had like 35 people on payroll. We had to make sure everything was good to go. Now it takes less than 45 minutes. Now, um, when I put orders in for people for their cigars, I could print it all out and I just go to my storage and just grab things. So I'm thinking ahead, right? Once we have an office and we have all our cigars and all that, and I put out all the things and we have, we have a delivery guy now. Bro, man, it's just streamlining and making processes simpler and easier for us. That's what's keeping us in that. But me and my partner, Patrick, have been working every freaking day on making jobs easier. Check out the book, uh, Clockwork by Mike McCallowitz. That's a great book on Clockwork. systems. Yeah, Run Like Clockwork. I'm basically on my list now, and I'm going to get the new advised edition because business design, right? Designing those systems, you know, capturing ideas instead of writing those old manuals people didn't actually read. But it's like, how can yeah. you just capture this core function? It's a great book. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, what it, you were talking about of now that you're working on systems, that's your like zone of genius right now. Like that's your, yep. you cause it your queen bee role, which means like right. that's the role that your team needs to protect for you, right? You've got yep. salespeople, et cetera. My role is creating content, right? Educating the market about dog whistle branding. And my team needs to protect me the free time to do that. Writing in the morning, right. creating content and stuff like that. So it's all super important. Now, one of the things I do on this show is make sure we give our listeners actionable takeaways. Okay, so I want you to give our listeners three uh, takeaways from our conversation today that they need to start implementing and doing themselves. And then I want you to wrap us up by letting our audience know how we can support and elevate the Mobile Cigar Lounge. Awesome. Uh, I would say my first one is change your circle. Uh, What do I mean by that? I I surround myself with people like Mike, uh, people who have had so many successes Listen, I'm not asking people who don't have businesses, business advice. I'm asking people who have done extraordinary things in business. Let me tell you, go up to them with your, with your hands out. A lot of them will be like, Hey, let me, let me give you a dime, you know, and that dime could be freaking a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? So one is change your circle. You know, sometimes some of us are like hanging out with the same crowd that, you know, I'm not saying that they're, you know, the good or bad people. But if you want to try and elevate yourself in your life, your fitness life, your 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 marriage, your you know your faith, change your circle. You know, I changed my circle, and it, it took me to a whole new level within these past less than four years. Right. Um, another thing is take action. You could see you can stand there all you want. You can read all the books you want. You can listen to all the podcasts. You can listen to this, but if you don't take a single action. You know, I know, I know a lot of people who know a lot of something, but do not absolutely nothing. We know a lot of those people. It's true. Yeah. A lot of those people. I got something to say about everything. Yeah. And brother, there's people listening right now that, that, that know stuff that can do stuff, but are not doing it right now. You know, Uh, I think that's a big thing too. And also uh, that BHAG thing that we talked about, Mike. The reason, you know, people think, oh, what should I do this? Why, why, why should I make, why should I put 5 million on my goal list? It gives you, all right, at the same time, you have the caveat, double-edged sword. You don't want to freaking, you know, if you can't hit it, you know, and you're not hitting it constantly, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bog you down. But do something realistic. Hit it once. Do a couple of check marks. 
But the reason why BHAGs are in place for me is because it made me ask the questions that I, you know, that I really wanted to ask if I didn't know what my BHAG was. And something you guys can do for us, listen, if you're getting married, if you, if you know someone that's getting married, they're having a client event, you're golf outing, you're business, you're a business, uh, please, I would love to bring cigars to that business. And check us out on our website and our Instagram. But Mike, as always, brother, you know, every time we meet, man, it's, it's always great. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, it's, it's very, it's awesome, man. That, you know, I'm just thinking about being on that stage and you met up with me and I, I did my first pitch. I had like a little table for like Romeo Julieta, two boxes of cigars and, and look where we are now. And me and my partner, we're always pinching ourselves and, Dude, it's it's only the beginning, bro. Only the beginning. So yeah. thank you, Mike. Appreciate it, bro. Awesome, man. You're all nationwide. So our listeners that are tuning in, like they they're like, Joey, I want to support, but I live in Wyoming. Can I get the mobile cigar lounge out there? Hell yeah, you call we haul. So <laughs> there we go. Love it. <laughs> any climb, any place. Let's do it. <laughs> so I'll be sure to include a link to your website in the show notes to all our listeners. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Dog Whistle Brandon newsletter. There's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or in a newsletter. Shoot me an email at mikeawareironbound.com or message me on LinkedIn or Instagram at Iron Mike Stedman. Joey, appreciate you as always being on the platform. Y'all check out the documentary Bunker Labs did on him uh, as well. I include that in the show notes as well. Until next week, everyone, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we help veteran business leaders create, distribute, and grow branded podcast series in order to engage with their ideal audience. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement for the veteran entrepreneurial community. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is also powered by the Lions Pride, a professional training and coaching company for badass founders that serves mission-driven, high-performing small business owners with at-the-ready resources, battle-tested tools, and full-service support. We're proud to support veterans and other badass business owners at every stage of growth. You can learn more and get more at thelionspride.com. Hey.